Auburn basketball falters in the SEC tournament and gymnastics finishes second in a challenging tri-meet versus number three Michigan and West Virginia. Hi everyone, welcome back to page eight. I'm your host Kristen Carr and today we are going to be mainly focusing on basketball and gymnastics, both of which still have more to come in the postseason and we will be watching all of that very closely for you all. And if you are looking for an update on softball, you can check out Henry Patton's article on the sports tab on our website at theplainsman.com. And with so much happening um, with all of these different spring sports, there's no way we can possibly cover everything on a once a week podcast. So be sure to keep yourself up to date through our website and our social media. All right, so let's get into it. Um, Henry Zimmer, who's been doing amazing reporting for us on the basketball season, is here again with us today. Hi, Henry. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm good. Um, Okay, so let's talk basketball. Obviously, Bruce and his team had a very disappointing showing last Friday, um, losing in the SEC tournament to Texas A&M 67-62. Overall, this was, in my opinion, by far the worst game I've seen Auburn play. And then the Aggies played one of their best games. So the combination of that, Auburn trailing by as much as 20 and just a huge offensive struggle. So story here for me, I think, is offense. It's caused a huge headache for this team. You had Katie Johnson going 0-14, Jabari struggling with 5 of 16, and then the end of the first half, I mean, they were just missing shot after shot, and it set the tone for the whole game offensively and that offensive struggle for the rest of the game. And they just dug a hole that was way too deep for themselves, I think, in the first half. Um, Just overall really rough for them. What was your take on this game? What are some struggles that you saw? Yeah, Auburn picked a real bad time to have, I think it was their tied for worst shooting percentage of the season. Meanwhile, couple that with running into a complete buzzsaw that was Texas A&M knocking down Florida the night before, then taking out Arkansas and putting up a pretty good fight against Tennessee in the championship. Uh, I think it was bench points are really bad for Auburn in that game. You look at, if you take away Wendell Green, who had 15 points, he's Auburn's sixth man, so he's kind of interchangeable as a starter. So take him out of the equation. Then you look at Auburn's bench. Chris Moore, Jalen Williams, Dylan Cardwell, Devin Cambridge. Four guys combined for two points. That's not going to cut it, especially if KD Johnson, who started, played 26 minutes, has zero points on 14 shots. That's not going to get it done. The shooting was just not there. It was Bruce said after the game that, you know, it's tough when you have a court that kind of gets constructed over the weekend, then you only play on it one or two times like fully, and then you really can only get one practice to prepare for a team. So it's a little different than you know going to a school where you know the court's already there, you've already probably had guys that have played there, you could practice on it for a day or two, get a real good feel at it without having to share it with other people. But in the tournament's case, you know every team has to practice as long as they're there. And since Auburn met uh, Texas A&M in the second round, most of the teams were still there, and most of the teams needed that court to practice. So Bruce said... That the kids had a real tough time kind of feeling out the court, mm-hmm. which is not an excuse, but it is to say, hey, other teams did also struggle in this tournament who normally are pretty good offensively. Kentucky's one of them. So maybe there is something to that. But yeah, Katie Johnson, his scoring just didn't happen. If he makes three shots out of those 14, let's say one of them's a three, then you get a three and you get two twos. So then you're looking at some real points that Auburn was missing, and they only lost by five. So that's seven points. Let's say maybe he gets fouled on one of those shots. He gets one free throw, seven, eight, nine points in there. It's a completely different ballgame, and we're not having this conversation. 
So, yeah, Auburn just picked a bad day to have a bad day. Um, but again, Auburn hasn't lost two in a row all season. So maybe this loss then catapults them into the bigger tournament, which, you know, if you win the SEC regular season, you don't have to win the NCAA, SEC tournament to win the whole NCAA. So, you know, maybe it's a wake-up call of sorts, and they've had a couple wake-up calls, but maybe it's a wake-up call at the right time to kind of propel them into the big tournament uh, starting Friday. Yeah, and do you think, you know, from what you've seen as you've been watching them throughout this season, do you feel like the offense is something that can be fixed or can be um, sort of turned around before they enter into the NCAA tournament? Or is it something that you think they just are hitting a slump at the wrong time and they may not be able to turn it around? Again, you get four more bench points, three more points out of Katie Johnson, and we're not having this conversation. But Auburn can't afford a shooting night like they had on uh, over the weekend on Friday when they're playing Jacksonville State. I don't think that'll happen again. I just think Texas A&M had all they had, they had all to win and nothing to lose, right? They are a bubble team that didn't even end up making the tournament after all they did. So they were playing like that was when, you know their last real games to play. Auburn, there's been some reports that they weren't really in it. Uh, the team disputes that. The players dispute that. I dispute that. I don't think that's true. But when you're the one seed, you kind of expect to roll over on a team you you beat by 15 or plus earlier in the season. So I don't I don't you know I don't think Auburn was maybe considering the the things that. Texas A&M was considering when they met them. But now, it's win and go home, right? At the very least, if you lose in the SEC tournament, you got the NCAA tournament if you're Auburn. But now, they've got nothing to lose, so it has to get fixed. And I think it can. they just got to fix their half-court offense. I think a lot of it, if you're a point guard like Zeb Jasper or Wendell Green, and you kind of dish out to Katie Johnson on that left side, a lot of the times, he'll duck his head and go straight to the basket, which is something the team has said, hey, we got to work on. Katie needs to make that extra pass, maybe lob it to Walker or maybe kick mm-hmm. it back to Zepp or Wendell who's driving in and can kick, kick that to Walker. I think if you take away maybe three possessions from that type of like Katie driving real hard or maybe just giving it to Jabari just to have him shoot it, if you take away three or four of those possessions and get an extra pass in there, you create an extra opportunity for another shot. And, you know, anybody who watches basketball will say, if you can get an offensive rebound and kick it out to your three-point shooter – that's the most efficient shot in basketball. So if Auburn gets just one or two more of those possessions, if they can get a Walker rebound to kick it out to a three-point shooter off a you know miss down lower, off a three to begin with, and you make that, that's just free points to generate for your team that weren't falling against Texas A&M. So yes, Auburn does struggle in the half court. A lot of teams struggle in the half court, but I don't think it's indicative of Auburn at this time or Auburn as a team. Again, I just think they had a bad night in a court they weren't comfortable with against a team that had nothing to lose and everything to gain. And, right. You know, Texas A&M quite literally did everything they could and still didn't even make the NCAA tournament. So think about Auburn at the two seed. Think about all they've had to do just to get here. It's a huge success nonetheless. But now it's time to, okay, let's regroup. We're going to Greenville. It's pretty close to Auburn. We can get on that court early. Practices on Thursday. Games Friday morning. They can get a feel out. I'm sure they'll have good tape on Jacksonville State, which is right up the road. And, you know, they should be able to beat them and move forward. Again, like Bruce Pearl says, and like every coach says, that first game in the tournament is always the hardest. It's always going to be the hardest because it's the team you have the less time, the least amount of time to prepare for in the least amount of time period to play. So they didn't have a lot on Texas A&M. They're probably, you know, going to be a little 
confused against Jacksonville State to begin with, but I think they'll be able to settle in, and you'll see the Auburn team, you know, you'll see what the Auburn team is really made of going forward in the, in the NCAA Big Tournament. Do you feel that um, with, you know, the offensive struggle that they did have against A&M, if that were to start to happen again as they go into the tournament, do you feel that the coaches should have maybe tried something different or try something new? I know there's, I guess, not too much you can do going back and analyzing, you know, the Texas A&M game. There's only so much you can get from that. But, I mean, as I was watching it, I just kept wondering to myself, like, why are they still telling them to do the same things if it's not, if it's clearly not working? And you have someone who's, you know, like KD, his shots just weren't falling. And sometimes with basketball, you just don't, like— You just, don't have it. You don't days. have it that day. And um, it can be very streaky. If, you know, if he wasn't having it, you just wonder, like, what would have happened if they had tried a little bit of a different game plan. But did you feel that way? I, I was just curious. So one of Bruce Pearl's big philosophies, and Buzz Williams for Texas A&M, for that matter, is to let your shooters shoot and to let them shoot it out of themselves. They're— Bruce specifically, because we're talking about Auburn, but Buzz Williams too, they're going to let their guys shoot it if they're 0 for 14 or if they're, you know, 2 for 90. If you stop shooting and if you pull a guy who's having a bad day, it can really mess up his rhythm. It can mess up him mentally. And Auburn knowing they have another game to play, at the very, very least, they have one more game to play. Again, and then, you know, it turns out it's against Jacksonville State, you know, against whoever it would have been. Auburn knew they had one more game to play. So I mm-hmm. think keeping a guy like Katie Johnson in, keeping the bench limited minutes and letting them kind of figure it out, letting them shoot the kind of slump out of it is a cog- is a cognizant coaching decision that Bruce Pearl has been making for his whole career. It's one of the things Jabari said lured him to Auburn is that he gets to select the shots he shoots. Mm-hmm. And Bruce is very honest about this. And he says, hey, I don't tell the kids when to stop shooting. I let the kids decide when they're going to tell another guy to stop shooting. And you can see the confidence the guys have in KD. That's why he got 14 shots. If they didn't feel confident that KD could make any of those shots, you would have seen those shot numbers decrease and you would have seen KD's usage decrease drastically. Mm -hmm. But the guys have faith in him to make those shots and to work that out of him. So they keep giving him the ball. The same goes for Wendell when he was kind of streaky. uh, Well, losing his streak actually towards the middle of the season. But then you look at the end of the Texas A&M game, he made three straight, four straight three-pointers from 30-plus feet. I mean, they have faith that he can do that. And you see all the time to get Jabari the ball. They know Jabari can shoot that. So I don't think that the streak of poor shooting continues. You've just got to kind of work that out of him. Mm-hmm. And the coaches do that by not benching the guy, but by letting him play it out and seeing, okay, you know, let's keep Katie in there, and maybe he does make a shot or two and the game changes. Or if he doesn't, now we can go view that view that tape. We know seven or eight of those shots were makeable. They just didn't fall. Yeah. Here's what we can do going forward against Jacksonville State to fix that against Wisconsin, against USC, Miami, whoever, going forward. That's a coaching decision. Some coaches take a guy out immediately if it's not if it's not your night, sit down. But Bruce Pearl, Buzz Williams, guys like that are more apt to just let their kids figure it out instead of getting in their head, getting in their face, being like, hey, why'd you shoot that? They're kids at the end of the day. They're playing basketball. Albert's got another game to play. Have the slump last week and then start anew the following week. Yeah. I think that's the decision they made as a team. 
Yeah, and I mean, I I believe Bruce even said, you know, I have full faith that he's going to be back right where he, you know, right where he was, that he can bounce back. And um, the way that Bruce kind of summed up how the team was feeling after the loss to A&M was that the team was humble and hungry. Yeah. What's your take on that statement? And then what are your predictions for this team moving forward as they head up to Greenville? Well, you're a one seed, right? You're expected to at least probably make it to the semifinals, if not win the whole thing, especially considering, you know, all the games Auburn won in a row. They didn't lose any SEC games till late in the season. They beat Texas A&M. They were expected to probably make a run. They didn't make a run. Good thing that Texas A&M did make a run. So it kind of lessens the blow because Kentucky lost two, Tennessee won. They're probably the best team, at least in that tournament. Okay, so whatever. Call it a scratch. Auburn lost, but okay, we got the tournament coming up. So looking at the tournament, especially given the circumstances that happened in the SEC tournament, I think you got to make it realistically to the Elite Eight. You have to win against Jacksonville State. No questions asked there. I think they have a good draw in the next game against whoever they're going to end up playing. And I think you got to win at least to the Elite Eight to make it reasonable that that the year was a success. I know saying that, especially as an Auburn basketball fan, you're like, wow, that's like a really high bar. But considering the success they had in the regular season, plus winning the regular season title, you got to make it to the Elite Eight with the talent you have right now because you're not going to have this same team next year. Do you think that they can make it all the way? I mean, at this point in the season, do you do you feel that is possible? They have a favorable bracket. I think that they've probably got the best draw out of all the other teams that are big, you know, like the Kentuckys, the Tennessees, the Dukes. I think Auburn could do that. I really do. Again, if they have a poor shooting night, I mean, they'll lose to Jacksonville State. I mean, they'll lose to anybody. But if you get those three or four extra shots that fall— then I feel like they can really, because they clamp down defensively, they can, you know, defensively keep themselves in any game that they want. And if that requires keeping Kansas down low and keeping them defensively, I think they could totally beat Kansas as the one yeah. seed in their bracket. So, yeah, I mean, if the, the chips fall their way and they make those four or five extra shots that weren't falling against Texas A&M, that didn't fall, let's say, against Missouri or Georgia or against Arkansas or whatever, you know, they won games against Georgia, the last place team, on the final couple possessions, you know, they, they, right. can, they can scrap it out, especially when shots aren't falling. They can still manage and find ways to win. You look at Katie Johnson getting the game-winning layup against Missouri. There and even are when ways. Jabari's having a bad day, they can still pull out a win, which I think exactly. is huge. If one guy's having a bad day, they need to find that next guy to make those shots. And they found it in the second half in Walker Kessler and Wendell. In the first half, it was mainly Jabari. They can win scrappy, bad games. They didn't against Texas A&M, but the tournament's all about winning and advancing. You don't have to you know, put on a show. You don't have to put up 1,000 points every game. Yeah. All you got to do is win, and Auburn has shown that they are capable of winning no matter the circumstance, and I think that plays into their favor going forward, and I think that their bracket gives them a favorable draw to continue to do that. We'll have to see starting Friday. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely. Hey, this is Collins Keith, podcast writer for The Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support the organization and our team, you can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here at Auburn. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show.
All right, next up, we are going to be breaking down some gymnastics for you guys. And the Tigers finished the regular season, um, so they've, they're now done with that. And they matched up against Michigan and West Virginia in a tri-meet this past weekend. Um, and Casey Barrett is here to break it all down for us. Um, okay, so give us a little bit of a taste of this meet. So they did fall, like you said, a little bit short to Michigan. They came on top, though, against West Virginia. But we actually saw three different people win event titles this weekend. Uh, we had Drew Watson winning vault, Suni Lee on bars, and then Sophia Growth on the tie on beam. So all around, I feel like that's really amazing, you know, falling short to that three-seed team, which is really huge matchup. Having three titles is still amazing. That's still coming out, I feel, in a strong meet. They, like I said, they came second in the meet, and they only fell short, so the score was 197.175 to 197.950. And like I said, to that third-ranked Michigan, um, they were champions last season, so, you know, especially I feel like in this postseason, if the Tigers do end up going super far, I feel like we could see Michigan again, so we'll, we'll yeah. hope for that. Yeah, and it's interesting because uh, Coach Gravel was saying that with them getting this 197, he said, you know, last season we would have just been over the moon to get that score. And then now we're getting, you know, 197 point whatever, and, and we're like, oh, we fell short. And he said that just speaks to the difference in the standard that they now have, especially obviously having um, Suni Lee. So, and I think a big story of this meet that both coaches and players communicated was their ability to bounce back after struggling early on. And Drew Watson talked about this a little bit. Can you explain what she said and then what, what was the context of it? Yeah, so um, she came out after her vault saying that I felt like I was trying to analyze other vaults, but really just doing my vault and doing what I knew how to do, I felt good. So the past few meets, we did actually see her struggle on her vault, which, you know, she's a really strong competitor, so that kind of mixed things up a little bit. But like I mentioned earlier, she did come out with the title on vault, so I feel like that just shows how easy it is, like she was saying, to bounce back from that. You know, we see her struggling, and then she comes out and wins it, especially against these huge competitive teams. Um, and then she later went on talking for the team as a whole, saying, we haven't had a meet where we struggled and weren't able to bounce back. So learning from that, if you feed into that negative energy, it can go downhill fast. So being able to recognize that and flip it is really important going into the postseason. And I really think that's really key. You know, Auburn is a really gymnastics-heavy team this year. I feel like they're really doing well. So being able to bounce back and being able to come back against these really top-ranked teams, I feel like is going to make them go far. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think what she was saying, it just speaks to the level of um, the mental aspect, I think, of the sport. And it's some it's an area that a lot of people tend to forget and throw out. And even at the Olympics, you know, we see um, Simone Biles where she's had that struggle and it kind of brought it to the forefront a little bit. And then it sort of is becoming more and more recognized where when you get in that negative mindset, it's really, really hard to overcome that. And the fact that these guys have and they've, you know, they've encountered some challenges, you know, some bumps in the road and they've been able to say, OK, you know what, we're going to choose not to go into this negatively and we're going to look on the positive side. And then again, with that, having those raised expectations of what they want and they are better competitors for it. I think it's just so cool to see. I mean, this is not a hugely different team 
than it was last season. But to see these ladies mature in the way that they have and the way that they approach games is um, is really cool to watch. Um, so can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek of what's next for the Tigers? Yeah, so the Tigers hope to bring this mindset on Saturday in this SEC championship. That's actually being held in Legacy Arena in Birmingham. The Tigers are going to start on beam in Session 2, which is at 7. And Session 2 actually contains seeds 1 through 4. We'll see Auburn coming in as 2. And right before that, we'll see seeds 5 through 8 competing in Session 1. So the Tigers hope to bring this momentum and that mindset like we were talking about earlier into this really tough meet. Absolutely. And like you said, it is in Birmingham, which is a neutral site, but also Auburn will have a bit of an advantage being so close to home. And uh, you'll probably see a lot of Auburn fans there at that meet. And we will all be keeping a very close eye on how that goes. Um, Thank you guys so much. That is going to wrap it up for us today. If you like this content, be sure to check out our articles and everything on our website and social media, like I mentioned at the beginning. Um, Thank you guys so much for, for your support and we'll see you next week. 